Hey guys, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash let's not panic. I know you've been putting it off. Just go do it. <laughs> don't no laughing. This is the pre-roll, Maggie. <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia to Namibia and back again. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota Land Cruiser that's now our home. Oh, come on. Why you got to be like that? Shadow's listening, I swear. They're probably piping this in and Shadow's just crying. Someday. Just shedding transmission We're going to have fluid. a conversation about anthropomorphizing <sighs> inanimate objects. Well, and it's not accurate either. I'm sure some listeners are taking issue with you right now, Maggie, because we did not quit our jobs, <laughs> terminate our lease, and then get in a Land Cruiser. No. We got into Shadow, mm-hmm. our trusty forerunner. Okay. This is a rental. And then hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now in a shipping container. So a stand-in Land Cruiser is now our home. Does that sound good? It doesn't really have the same ring, does it? Anyway, the point is, the last time we recorded, we were in South Africa. And now we are in Namibia. That's true. So we had just done a four or five day loop for leaving from Johannesburg. We went to Kruger National Park, which Mm -hmm. was the last episode. And then we got to back to Johannesburg. We did an episode, which you guys listened to, I hope. It was a good one. You are just a rambly <laughs> McGee. I got a warm. <laughs> it is worth noting. Adam started drinking wine without me. <laughs> I was just getting ready for the podcast, and uh-huh. now she stole my wine. You're pretty she's limber. Like, You're yeah. pretty limber, pal. Let's do a little mental uh, aerobics to get ready right. for the podcast. Anyway. Um, so we struck out pretty much straight east mm-hmm. across... Uh, South Africa. To a city called Ryberg. Right. That was the most convenient waypoint. And it was about a six-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the deal with Ryberg, Maggie? The only thing... We know two things about Ryberg. Mm-hmm. One, we know that there was a concentration camp there. And we were unclear about what that means. And we figured it out. A concentration camp is any sort of prison where the people that are going to that camp have had no trial, mm-hmm. right? So, of course, in South Africa, that means it's almost ubiquitously black people. And it was. We, we yeah. saw those statistics. It was yeah. like 900 black people to 100 non-black people. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> that happened. Um, and then we stayed at like a little B&B lodgy kind of thing. Yeah, it was a guest house. Yeah, it was like a big house with extra rooms in it um, owned by a friendly Afrikaner couple. They were friendly. That's mm-hmm. true. We checked in. Yep. And I told them that we were headed to Namibia, at which point she took me over to the map and told me, oh, I'm going to something. Fish River Canyon. Fish River Canyon. There you go. And I was like, where's that? And she showed me on a map. Mm-hmm. And I commented, whoa, this isn't labeled Namibia. It's labeled Southwest Africa. Mm-hmm. That's strange. And she told Adam that that's just the Afrikaner word for Namibia. Right. But it turns out that that's not exactly true. Southwest Namibia is what Namibia was called um, when it was colonized by the Germans. It was a German colony for some time, right? 
Right. It was 20 years, yeah. I think. It was actually a lot less time. Uh, so the Germans came here and, and rolled in sort of like the English did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, oh, this is ours now. Yeah, <laughs> as colonizers tend to do. Um, but that only stood for about 20 years, as it turns out. Yeah. And then South Africa held claim over it, uh, over Namibia, for about 60 years, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't remember exactly the time frame, but I do remember that their claim to Namibia as a territory called Southwest Africa ended when apartheid ended. For sure, yeah. yeah. But it had actually been contested for a long time. I think yeah. the UN said, hey, no, that's not called Southwest Africa. That's called Namibia in like 1968. Yeah, so. like super long ago. <laughs> but she presented it to Adam as though like, oh yeah, that's just the Afrikaner word yeah. for it, and which and is just time, not true. I didn't know, and she seemed friendly, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I, I didn't say anything at all. I was like, oh, that's weird. I hadn't yeah. heard that. And yeah, then after I do, do a little bit of research, it's like, oh no, yeah. there's a little bit more going on here well to your credit right when it first happened before you'd done any research you were like is that what namibians call namibia yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and that was a good question to ask yeah that's no. really all that matters in no, my opinion that's not like, what they what, call what themselves what do the people that live in the country yeah. call it it uh, seems strange <laughs> that it would be called southwest africa yeah let's so dig into it that was our last day in technically south africa because then we drove to ktp which is um Oh God! I'm not gonna pronounce it right. I'm gonna try. It's right a now. national park. It it's Kalahari, no Kalahari. 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 <laughs> There's like an Shit. H sound in We're there. We're so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. It's a really hard word to pronounce. It so is. Everyone calls it KTP because it's K word that's really difficult I to d- pronounce. I don't think that's disrespectful. I think and we're trying. We're trying here. Maybe. Trans Frontier Park. Right. Because it, this national park is in Botswana, mm-hmm. South Africa, Namibia. That's and all. Nope. Nope. Isn't it? No, nope. just three. You're right. It's those three. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all three of those countries have territory in this national park. And it's cool because you can check into the park, mm-hmm. go to your campsite and cross a border, but mm-hmm. it's all like its own self-contained thing. So you, we crossed yeah. into Botswana, technically. technically we've we, been to Botswana now. Though we did not get a stamp in our passport, so no. I don't technically count that. And but there were a lot of yellow mir- uh, mongooses, so that do you think they were Botswana mongooses, or were they also? They, were. <laughs> they may have been visiting too, Maggie. I don't think you should be mongoose normative. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't support that on this podcast. All right. Anyway, and from there we headed to the Waterberg Plateau, which is in Namibia. So we crossed the border. We headed in. Uh, um, first, we went to Marental. So basically, what's worth talking about at Marienthal? (laughs) What do we do there even? All we're getting at is that we had a lot of long driving days. It was like six hours, six hours, six hours, six hours, four days in a row. Mm -hmm. And then we, yes, as you say, we arrived at the Waterberg Waterberg. Plateau. Yes. Which is beautiful. I think it's some of the most beautiful scenery we've seen yet. Yeah. It's really lush. It's really green. The rest of Namibia that we've seen so far is much more deserty, and much think, more desolate. Yeah. I, I thought it was really nice. It was also a really well-established campsite. But I oh, think yeah. what made Maggie the most happy mm-hmm. were the animals that we saw on the side of the road over and over and over, which included baboons and warthogs. Okay. First of all, baboons are awesome. They are. Yeah. And second of all... Warthogs are hilarious. Yeah, they ha- they always have such a serious face on. Okay. They're always like in the middle of a really intense project. So I know like. I talk about Harry Potter like way too much, but the sigil for the house Hufflepuff 
is a pig. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I understand it. Because they're so industrious. They're just hard workers all yeah. the time. They just have they have shit to do, man. <laughs> That's Word really what it seems like. Warthog's got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> they're always just like, oh, man, I got to go over here. I got to yep. go get that. I got to pick that up. Got to snuffle. Yeah. <laughs> they're always very serious. So I... I'm not a. I'm not in house Hufflepuff. Neither are you. Neither of us are hard workers. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to take um, issue with I that. But I do. I do feel uh, a great kindness towards warthogs, even though apparently they're huge jerks, yeah. according to the zookeepers in Oakland. Well, they're great from a distance. They sure are. Yeah. Um, and I'd say of all the places we've been so far, uh, Waterburg is the one place I wish we had spent a lot more time. Like I feel like you could be there for a full week and be satisfied. Maybe. I don't know how many different sites there are to see. Well, there's all these hikes and there's rhino things you can go chase down and apparently cheetahs live there too. It definitely had the feeling of a little of a of an undiscovered gem. Yeah. I'd say. Totally. You know, like it was like, oh wow. There's a well, lot here and it's but beautiful. We didn't spend a lot of time in that undiscovered gem because no. we headed to the discovered gem. Yeah. We went is, to the main park. Yeah. Which is Etosha mm-hmm. National Park. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a lot similar, I think, to Kruger. Uh, National Park in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd say Kruger's like Disneyland and Etosha's like... Um, Great America. Yeah. Like some... It's a theme park still, but it's not quite as slick. Like everything with Kruger is like, you're here. Make sure you've bought your Kruger water bottle and your Kruger springbok jerky and Which your Maggie Kruger did. map. Me, I did, all, did of all, all of things. those things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And Itosha's a little like, you're here. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Go true. to your campsite. <laughs> I think things are a little <laughs> bit more laid back in Namibia and in general. Right? Yeah, that because, might be true. Uh, it's just, it's less populated. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say something about it being... It's one of the least populated countries in the world. Ah, okay. For like uh, how much land it has to how many people. Because there's only like 2 million people in Namibia. The, in the whole, whole country. country. Yeah, yeah. And a million of them live in Windhoek, which I is the city even, that we're in. I think it's even 1.3. Is it really that small? Yeah. 1.3 million live in Windhoek. Oh, okay. And so then we're then probably saying the name Windhoek wrong also. <sighs> Windhoek? I think it's Windhoek. I mean, okay. So here's a caveat for every name we're going to say while we're here. When we, before we went to South America, we knew we were going to South America mm-hmm. and we studied up. We, but meaning me. <laughs> Adam really studied up on his Spanish. <laughs> I already spoke some Spanish. Maggie's a show off and yeah. just does better anyway. So. Anyway, um, we did not know we were going to come here with quite as much lead time. And I would say that generally we should have done more research, <laughs> um, especially into the different languages because there's so many. Yeah. Like we can't even say thank you. Donkey. Any of the other, that's German. Mm. Anyway, be, uh, be, no, that's please. Bide. I think it's bide to say please. Oh wait, I've been reading... doesn't Danke mean goodbye? No, Danke, Danke means, means thank, thank you, you in yeah. German. Yeah. Wait, then what does Bitteschön mean? Please, probably something. Bide, bide. Uh, this is great radio, by the way. <laughs> People are loving this right now. Like, All right, let's. Adam move on. and Maggie we teach a language <laughs> that they know one word from. <laughs> The only word I know with any confidence in Germa is Scheiße. Germa. Germa. <laughs> in German. You don't, you don't know the name of the language. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we went to Itosha, which is beautiful and is the Great America or the Knott's Berry Farm to Kruger's Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and we made the decision to wake up 
before dawn every day that we were there. And this was the right decision. It totally we, was. We learned this from Kruger. Our mm-hmm. best time was when we woke up right, not even, I was going to say right at the crack of dawn. No, mm-hmm. no. We woke up so that we would have our car parked at the gate before they'd even let us out. Yeah. Which is, they let us, let you out right at dawn. Yeah. And the reason you do this is because all of the animals are most active right at dawn and dusk. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the most stuff and it's the most interesting and it's the most beautiful yeah. by far, by orders of magnitude. Totally. Um, so we've been on a schedule where like, like we're recording right now. It's 5.15 p.m. It's uh, it's getting ready for bedtime time. <laughs> I wouldn't go quite so far, but I would <laughs> say that I'm really glad we made that choice. And if we were going to make any recommendations for anyone doing the same, we would the number one piece of advice is like wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Just get on that schedule. Yeah, absolutely. And so Maggie's favorite animal is a hyena. One of my favorite. One of her favorite. She has a lot. This is a, that would be a hard thing. <laughs> I was like, you're kind of overstating it. But overstating okay. it. But um, we had seen hyenas once or twice already. And I don't count either of those yeah, times. Both so we were times. in Kruger. One time we saw a spotted hyena through a fence because people were feeding it. Yeah. Which doesn't count. Yeah. I've been to a zoo. I've seen hyenas in a zoo. Okay. So that doesn't count. You know, I Um, respect that. That's a good call. And the other time, we literally just saw its butt as it darted away from our car. Maybe it's just that I saw it for a little longer. I saw it while I was looking at us. Oh, see, I... before it decided to run away. I saw tail. Yeah. Like, that was it. And I was like, okay, I believe you when you say that that was a spotted hyena tail, but, like, I don't even see spots. All right. So... Fair enough. Fair enough. So we decided that while we were in Etosha, we were on Hyena Mission 2017. (laughs) Um, I looked up online exactly where hyenas like to hide out, what their behavior was, what time frames to look for them. And we happened to be in the Namatoni camp, pretty close to where they like to romp around dusk and dawn. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go straight for this watering hole mm-hmm. and find you that hyena, Maggie, so that you can see them in a natural habitat. Yes. Um, so we got up. But crack of dawn. I think 5 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. That's been yeah, we've, wake up time. we've been waking up at 5 a.m. And when you wake up at 5 a.m., it's really hard to do the whole breakfast rigmarole, yeah. which includes like multiple frying pans and cleaning all those dishes. We wanted to make sure and get to the gate as soon as we could leave. So mm-hmm. all we really did was fry up some bacon, which was delicious, despite your skepticism, Maggie. It was just really fat pieces of bacon. And most important, coffee. Yeah. Yeah, so, so basically coffee and meat, and mm-hmm. we're ready to go. Pack up the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, we get there, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened, Maggie? A bunch of other cars rolled up and parked almost directly in front of us. <sighs> so obnoxious. We yeah. were like, oh, Because we what? were the first ones we there. We got there first, and we're like, you know what we're going to do? We don't want to park too close to the animals. We don't so want to scare them away. other people can see and stuff. Yeah. So we parked like on the opposite side of the road that took you there, away from the, like as well, a cul de sac. Like yeah, it was a roundabout, and we pulled back from the outermost edge of the roundabout with the idea that like, oh, we won't scare the animals this way, and other people will have room to come look. Yeah, which was a mistake because the first person that came, for what, what I don't understand, they came in like screeching. Really, yeah. really fast, like five feet away from us, really aggressively, yeah. and parked right in front of our line of view. And like they were peaches. Yeah. Um, so when we first pulled up, there was like a big herd of, or a zeal of zebras there. Mm-hmm. And Maggie's a been couple spare impalas. Si- sidebar. Maggie has learned all of the animal group names. There's so some really good ones. Yeah. I'm going to just, just start making them. them up, though. No, just drop them casually. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I don't think it's Zealous Zebras was one of the ones I knew. As podcasters, Maggie, I don't think it's honest to make up names or misuse terminology. You know, I think we should really listen to our podcast. (laughs) Anyway, um, so finally we kind of like pulled up and the whole time this was going on, people were coming and going. I was like, Adam, let's just go. There's too many people here. Let's just find a different spot. And I was like, no, this is where the hyenas come. Let's just wait 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. And he kept saying that like every 10 minutes. Um, And finally we like, we pulled up closer and after we did, a hyena came. He did. And it was really cool because there were a lot of zebras standing around, kind of mm-hmm. leery of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And the, the hyena came in and he just came trotting out of the bushes mm-hmm. and like stood and stared at everything mm-hmm. and kind of decided, it seemed like, if he wanted to go or not. Yeah. He, he was kind of on the fence. Well, I think the hyena was deciding whether or not it was worth it to make um, himself vulnerable right. at the water's edge. Mm-hmm. We're assuming, by the way, that it was a boy hyena because... It was small and alone. It was small and alone. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, male hyenas are subordinate in hyena society and considered a nuisance and a danger to the children. This is not Maggie's <laughs> safari. Anyway, it's just a fun fact, just a reason uh, to like spotted hyenas. Just I'm saying, just saying, they're, just they're saying. delightful. That counted against your 30 seconds. You're down to 25. <sighs> anyway, um, so... I was like over the moon because there's such a strange silhouette. They're such weird looking animals and I love them so much. And the minute he came out of the bush, I was like, oh, yeah, it has to be a hyena because nothing else is shaped like those little weirdos. I love those weirdos. I really liked it. Yeah. So that was super exciting. But even as much as I love hyenas, I have to say that wasn't the best animal sighting that day. That day was bonkers. That day was bananas. So... Early morning, probably it's getting to be like 8 a.m. And we're just going around random side mm-hmm. trails. The other thing we like to do is go on the trails that are furthest from the main road. Yeah. You're going to see less cars and probably happen across more yeah. big animals. And we hadn't seen a rhino yet, but mm-hmm. we come around a corner and there are three rhinos just flopped out on the side of the road. Yeah. So we've learned since then that a lot of the male black rhinos, which is what we saw, um, or that they were black rhinos, have their horns capped, like they cut them off, the National Park did, because black rhinos are really aggressive, and they fight and kill one another, and they also attack cars. So the rhinos that we saw were probably female, because they had a baby, they were hanging out together, and they also had full horns. You don't think it was a, a mated pair of rhinos? I thought it was a man and a woman rhino. Hmm. I was just going off of what the guy said with the, like, he was like a large percentage of the male rhinos here have their horns cut off the for one, safety. He was saying the ones that hap- happen to have a territory close to the main road. Oh. Yeah. I don't okay. think they do it to every rhino. Okay. Yeah. So it seemed like a family, a little rhino family, mm-hmm. where the baby was just flopped out on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. But we're on this little path when you're on these paths you don't have any leeway to leave the trail at all a- anywhere in the park you're, you you got to stay no. on the trails and you have to stay in your car and you got to stay in your car and it was very clear by this rhino's behavior that they were not interested in having us around no uh we found out after that that the most common animal problem in etosha that's like actually dangerous is that rhinos attack the cars i knew that no I, <laughs> and that's why i was I, I was didn't much, know that yet. <laughs> we, so we were driving a giant loop, and we were basically done, and we decided to go back the entire way because this rhino was, like, 
very territorial. He was trotting around. He was giving us the death stare. Yeah, they were both like, facing toward us and flapping their ears and stuff. And it makes sense because they have a baby. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with this. I'm not going to try to, because usually if an animal's on the path, you can keep going slowly, but this yeah. rhino, like, Well, like the with the zebras and stuff, because there are 17,000 zebras inside of Itosha. As we learned. As we learned. Um, they don't give a shit. Like, you just, you go as slow as you can by them, so yeah. you don't disrupt them or scare them, but, like, they don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. but this was a situation where even not knowing that rhinos attacked the cars with some frequency... Um, I was like, we should turn around. I don't know about this. Like, cause the body language was so clear. <laughs> yeah. So that whole day, um, we, we saw those two animal sightings mm-hmm. and we are also getting really into this birding thing. It's true. It's fun. Cause it's like you collect. It's really nerdy though. I feel like talking about your birding experiences yeah, is okay. kind of like we'll recounting your dreams to people. It's just the like fact. Like nobody cares. Yeah. All right. And then I was in a river full of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody cares. That's only exciting to you. We saw a lot of cool birds. Leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one thing is cool is the maps that they give you have yeah. like five or six pages of animal illustrations. You can identify all the, all the animals and all the birds. Um, it's obviously a lot of fun yeah. for us with our binoculars and, and camera. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we camped the next uh, evening at Halali, mm-hmm. and that also had this watering hole like adjacent or like built into the camp. Mm-hmm. It was a man-made one, so they built it to be close to the camp. But you have to walk like a a nice little path away from where everyone is, and there's like a silence rule past a certain point. And we went there at night uh, just in time to see two rhinos at yeah. the watering hole. So we got to see rhinos. Again. And then also. We, we got, got to s- see a hyena hy- again. So hyenas and rhinos were kind of doing this weird like TikTok, TikTok thing. I think it was only a, yeah, a TikTok for the hyena because the hyena, yeah. uh, nobody hunts rhinos. They're too strong. Right. They just hurt each other mm-hmm. and humans kill them all the time. Um, so the rhino would leave and the hyena would come in. And then you'd hear the rhino like thundering through the underbrush and the hyena would leave and the rhino would come back and then the rhino would thunder off again and then the hyena would come back. And it was like that for like an hour. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. It was like an Elizabethan farce. Yeah. So it was animals. cool. It was like a reprise on the entire day where we saw yeah. these two new animals that mm-hmm. we hadn't really spotted. Yeah. We got to see them again. And we got to learn something about rhino farts. What's that? Which is that they're hilarious. <laughs> And when they fart, their tail lifts up as though propelled up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they lift their tail to make room for the fart or if the fart pushes <laughs> the tail up. <laughs> but the tail goes straight up and then they fart really loudly and yeah. then the tail comes back down and it's hilarious. They're pretty every casual time. about it. <laughs> you yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, so that was that day. And mm-hmm. then the next day was actually a pretty huge wash. Like we oh, well, did on not, seeing animals. On yeah. seeing animals. It was fun to drive around and we did the same thing. We got up at dawn, mm-hmm. but we really just didn't see very much. No, but we did go on a night drive that night, like with a guided tour, like a meat bag deal just to see how it was, which we'd mm-hmm. been reluctant to do because it was um, more than twice as expensive as it was in Kruger. Yeah. It, we had already done three of these tours in Kruger and these tours were twice the price. So I was like, okay, well, I kind of know what to expect. Yeah. And I'd say we got pretty much what we were expecting. Uh, well, one thing was really cool <laughs> was seeing the lions. Yeah. Yeah. A male and female lion. And like male at peak, like giant mane manliness. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And we also saw, um, what is it? A must 
elephant. Yes. Right? Which, as you may remember from last week, is a dangerously horny male elephant. He got really close to that elephant. We didn't talk about this, but he, oh, yeah. <laughs> did he, he kind of surprised you too, right? I think they didn't actually mean to get quite so close because they came around that bend really fast. And because I know they were looking for the elephant and they wanted to cut the elephant off at the pass, mm-hmm. um, but they did not realize that they almost were going to run into the elephant, which they almost did. Yeah, it was and pretty they amazing. Pissed the elephant, the elephant off pretty just hard. stared at us for good 20 seconds. With and his then, ears out and flapping, which is apparently like a way that they signify that they're pissed off. If I was going to talk for that elephant in that situation, yeah. it would just be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then he, he stares at you for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And then he took like two steps and then he's like, no, are you fucking kidding me. And then he stared us down for a further 45 seconds. Yeah. And he just (laughs) stared at us staying in the middle of the road and then eventually decided to walk on. But it was like, oh man, this is a big elephant. We are not that much bigger than them as a vehicle. And also evidently male because his giant elephant penis was completely unfurled, which is the only way to describe what that is, that it's unfurled. It was an elephant penis. (laughs) Elephantine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was a good night. Yeah. Yeah. I was exhausted, Mm -hmm. by the way. This had us staying up all the way until 10 p.m. So, I mean, it was well past our bedtime. Yeah. Um, So, so, Adam. Yeah. Should we get into your favorite time of the week? Sure. I'm actually excited for this one. We talked about this um, on our own. And I was like, you should do this for a technical corner. Yeah. Because I want to know more. So, we talked about um, our Land Cruiser last episode. His name is Mr. Wednesday. Maggie has named him... Or her, Mr. Wednesday. Okay. It's going to be hard to call it a her if it's Mr. Wednesday, but we don't know. Uh, ah. I could get down with that. All I right. could get down with that. Um, and we, like we said, we rented from this company, Bushlore. And this is a, yeah, it's kind of like a sponsor read. Just in general, our impressions of the vehicle have been great. Like we've mm-hmm. been living out of shadow for 11 months or 10 months in South America. Um, this vehicle comes pretty well equipped and it's just an incredible way to experience these countries. Like mm-hmm. you get to just have complete freedom camp in a lot of these places that are designed with camping in mind, like yeah. Atosha Kruger, a lot of the game reserves along the way have really, really high quality campgrounds and easy to drive roads for the most part as well. I would actually say if you were toying with the notion of like quitting your job and doing the whole thing and going overlanding, but you're not sure if you like that mode of travel yet, mm-hmm. I'd recommend coming here and renting a car and figuring it out and seeing what you like and seeing what you don't. Yeah, and we've been dealing with Bush Lore directly, so we highly recommend them. You should get in contact with them. Let mm-hmm. them know that Adam and Maggie sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the vehicle that they gave us, we had the option of doing just a Hilux, um, but we decided to pay a little bit more and get the Land Cruiser, like we mentioned. Adam decided we would pay a little bit more because he wanted to try driving the Land Cruiser. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. So I wasn't annoyed with that. <laughs> when I picked uh, the Forerunner, we were like really, really budget conscious, mm-hmm. and we hadn't really factored in all of the extra modifications that we were going to do to the car, how much they would cost relative to the base cost of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd always regretted. Like, oh, maybe we should have just done a Land Cruiser. It would have cost like, like a few thousand dollars more. Oh, you're going to hurt Shadow's feelings no. talking about how you hit the road in a Land Cruiser. Because I feel but like... But you're like, she's an inferior car. Okay. We're, let's, <laughs> so let's get into that. That's what my technical yeah. corner is about. Go for it. So this Land Cruiser is a Land Cruiser 70. Um, 
It's a 70 series Land Cruiser. Mm -hmm. And they are known throughout all the countries that have it as just the workhorse, the off-road workhorse of the Land Cruiser line. They're, they come in basically in a pickup form. So they have like a single cab, which just means two seats in the front, or a double cab with four seats, and a really, really stable platform, a really, really overbuilt platform. It's very, like the suspension is great for the vehicle. The engine is really, really reliable. They're just amazing all-around vehicles. They cost $60,000, Maggie. So we're, we're talking about... <laughs> Like I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> yeah. we could not have afforded this no, car well, brand, for this. A brand new one. Yeah, it's still for, yeah. crazy talk. So, though, yeah, exactly. The price difference, it's like uh, twice as much. It costs twice as much oh. as a 4Runner. So like when I'm like, yeah, it's a better vehicle, it's not like a subjective thing. It's pretty objective. Okay. Um, I'm telling so, Shadow. Yeah, the engine is a 1HZ diesel engine. Um, one thing that Maggie touched on last episode that we've gotten to the bottom of is that the range is superb about 400 miles and that's based on the fact that the uh the the tank is 32 and a half gallons so more than twice what shadow has that pretty much gets rid of the need to have jerry cans although bush lore did hook us up with jerry cans um yeah it's it's a good good all-around setup and it's not available for sale in the united states that was the thing that you were telling yeah. me that's really interesting. So I, I've been like, oh, man, this is a, a pretty cool vehicle for like the long term because they're known to be very, very reliable and very, very extendable. Like if you look in these things, they're, they started in the 70s. Actually, we're coming up on the 30-year anniversary of this vehicle existing, um, but they don't sell them in the United States at all. So the only places that are very popular are Australia and mm -hmm. South Africa. Mm -hmm. You can get them in other countries too. Um, it's just they're not in the U.S. They're not right-hand. They're only right-hand drive, so that's one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they have a 4.2-liter diesel engine, um, 124, or no, 129 horsepower, very, very strong, which is one of the things I was commenting on. Like, it, mm -hmm. it just, you can tell that it could carry whatever weight we threw at it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I've been starting to really lust after this thing. After it's driven. a good car. It's a, it's a good vehicle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very cool vehicle. Yeah. Maggie. Yes. What is in your safari lodge this week? So I will touch on briefly something we actually saw on our safari, on our meat bag night tour. Those lions we mentioned were mating. Um, and lion mating habits are hilarious and terrible. And gross. So, yeah, totally. So this is what my safari lodge will be about. What lions mating can tell us about patriarchy? <laughs> <laughs> so male lions have barbed penises. The barbs uh, stimulate ovulation in the females, but it also makes sex really painful for the females. Sex is super perfunctory for them. Like it's like three seconds of like a little bit of humping and like growling from the male. And then the female basically like jumps out from underneath the male hissing and spitting and growling and like tries to run away. <laughs> and this happens every 15 minutes for like a week yeah. while she's trying to get pregnant. So it's just the female basically running away from the male mm -hmm. and the male giving her like 15 minute break and mm -hmm. then bothering her. Yeah. And it's very evident from their body language that that is exactly that what is exactly doing. exactly what's doing. going on. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that is so fitting for a species that like actually 
embodies and like is the visual that we use to demonstrate patriarchy like the females do all the hunting the males just like come around and are basically like jerky pimps who sometimes eat the babies well the males do have to come in and pull the kill down sometimes on bigger animals that's what he said only sometimes Mm -hmm. so anyway they're they're bigger and they're stronger it's true the males are bigger and stronger but pull a kill down for you just ask me All right. Anyway, that's <laughs> my safari lodge is that mating for lions is, is garbage and they hate it. Well, the females do. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it was hilarious. They would make the longest howling noises, both of them. Like mm-hmm. the female would just growl really loud. These animals mm-hmm. are very powerful, as you can tell, just by being around them. But the uh, growling noise that the male made kind of like in, it felt like in justification of like what he just did. Hey. Yeah. It's like, Hey, it's just how it works. Uh, I'm just like shaped that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I take that. So he like jumps off of her cause she pushes him and he stands there and like sends some growls off into the night. And um, we're like, what is that? And he's like, yeah, he's just communicating with the other lions. So I felt like he was like, yeah, man, I did that. I did that. I hit that. Like, that yeah. was like that. He's you a complete he asshole. Yes. He he's like the his... worst. Like not only is he fucking terrible in bed, but then he goes and tells everyone. And she's <sighs> like, dude, come on. Oh, wow. That, that really illuminates. Yeah. Different perspectives. I think we I'm have just saying, here. That was like I the equivalent of like, him hey, going on Facebook. No, I think it was the equivalent <laughs> of him going on Facebook and being like, I just had sex <laughs> <laughs> with Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's like, God damn it, dude. I'm still dating Brian. Anyway, should we get into your meat counter? Let's do it. After my, both of my safari lodges have been pretty pervy. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe it should be Maggie's meat counter. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. Um, Just real quick, bry culture here in South Africa and Namibia is really big. And all that is, is just their word for barbecue. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really telling when we were in the supermarket here in Namibia. Mm-hmm. They had the biggest barbecue section with all the tools you could possibly ever want for all the various kinds of barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they sell like really good shish kebab pre-made packs. Uh, it's, I wish we'd gotten more than one. You you did well though. You sold me because you're like, should we just get like one of these little picnic barbecue things? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, because we need all the other stuff. But they had it all together, and it was all pretty cheap. Yeah. So we ended up buying, like, this little picnic barbecue, a little uh, skewer thing. and We should have been barbecuing for this whole trip. Like, the reason we don't in Shadow is because we have really limited space. So having anything ashy is just, like, super not practical. Yeah, because you need, like, a bag of charcoal Mm -hmm. and the barbecue you're going to use. So it's... So it's not that we... Okay. It's not that we've done the whole trip wrong, but it is like a million times better. Oh, well, yeah. It's good. It's nice. Yeah. I The thing I would do with charcoal is doing the uh, chickens in the Dutch oven. Mm-hmm. Like uh, cast iron Dutch yeah, ovens are really like fun to cook with. that's like an hours project. Yeah. It's like we've been barbecuing and it's like 10 minutes set up, 15 minutes grilling, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Delicious. It's good. It's tasty. Yeah. Um, so that's really big here. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to add. Yeah. Shall we oh, do it? Oh. I don't have a meat counter, but my favorite thing that I saw in the grocery store was um, Hunter's Choice mincemeat. So it was just like ground meat, and they weren't telling you what it was made of. 
Hunter's Choice. Hunter. Could be anything. <laughs> wow. I like I read that package all the way through just being like, well, what is it? And they're like, I don't know. It's meat. Could be person. No idea. Hunter's Choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really, it's what he decides yeah. to shoot. Yeah. And ground. So it's Melissa. And grind. Anyway, should we get into our three Bs? Let's do it. So the three Bs, as always, stand for beautiful, brutal, and bizarre. And we picked those from the last week. Mm-hmm. All right, Maggie, what's your pick for most beautiful? Um, I think in Itosha, we went to one water hole with, that was just surrounded by a huge herd of impala and a huge zeal of zebras. Like probably hundreds of yeah, hundreds these of these animals just milling around, impalaing and zebraing as they would, mm-hmm. interacting with one another, and it was so beautiful. And it was also like a very picturesque natural waterhole. It wasn't one of the man-made ones, mm-hmm. um, and it was exactly the kind of thing I really hoped we'd get to see while we were here. So I felt. It was really beautiful. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little sick of all of those animals. I know. But when you add a hundred of them all together, you get to see a lot of different interesting interactions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I was on board. Yeah. Uh, very beautiful. Do you have a choice for beautiful yourself? Yes, indeed. I actually picked something we've talked about already, <gasps> which is that early morning hyena encounter. It was just really nice, especially because we had made it a really big goal to go see them. Yeah. But he, like we said, we're calling it a he, just came trotting out and like watching him like do the calculus of like, is it worth it to approach this watering hole? Yeah. And just like staring at all the other animals and making his presence known. It was just like a really unique uh, nature moment. Yeah, totally. I liked it. It was really cool. Yeah. All right, Maggie. Mm -hmm. Your pick for Brutal. So... I did not know diddly squat about rhinos before we came here. They just don't interest me that much. But a thing that I learned is that they rest during the day because it's really hot. And then at night, they go to the watering holes. And if they're male, they spend almost the entire night walking around marking their territory. Which is how big of a territory, Maggie? I don't remember. He said (laughs) they can walk up to 30 kilometers in a night. Yeah. Just walking around peeing. Yeah. So my choice for brutal is the black rhino lifestyle where they're like so stressed out about potentially like running (laughs) into one another that they spend their whole fucking night just walking around pissing on things to be like, this is mine. And they're pretty much nocturnal too. So like it's just their waking existence is dedicated to drinking. Yeah. And then peeing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your choice for brutal? Um, so that night drive we went on, we mentioned that we were tired. I was especially tired. tired. <laughs> I was already crashing. I completely forgot that we even had to do that. It was like we finished dinner and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this before we go up. And Maggie made two references to like, okay, before we go. I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, man, we have to go do this three-hour night drive. Okay. So I pull my pull my shit together a little bit. Barely. And then we get on there, and it's three couples. Mm-hmm. Maggie and I, another couple. I think they spoke German. They were pretty quiet. They were just talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then another American couple, right? Yeah, they're definitely American. Yeah, you could tell. Um, she asked so they many both questions. Did. Well, it was her, and then he would put in strangely number-focused <laughs> questions, but... I so I made a recording while we were there. I don't know if it's going to come out or anything. No, that wouldn't be nice. But they went on 
for like 10 minutes. And so they're taking up the time of the entire tour and just asking question after question. And Gabriel, our guide, God bless him. He was really good. He really cared about his job, was very patient. And he would just answer keep answering every question. So I feel like we should clarify. It's not bad to go on a tour and ask questions. No, no. But it, these weren't just questions like, oh, what is this? What's that? It would also be like, today we saw a giraffe, right. but he was different colored. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that means he's a male giraffe. Yeah. The darker no, coloring no. It means he's over 20 years he, old. He was different colored. And we thought that the colors meant that the giraffe was not from here. He was flown in. Or something so, just oh, moronic yeah. like or that. Or they were like, we noticed anecdotally, I'm adding, yeah. that when we went to different watering holes, the man-made watering holes had more animals at yeah. them, which is the opposite of what we saw, actually. Um, but it wasn't worth piping in because no, I didn't want to contribute. Um, we're just sitting there. Do they have a different pH balance because it's water that's <laughs> pumped in? Yeah. We thought that the reason was there was a different pH balance and she would just go on and on about it and like 10 follow-up questions for every question and so and i'm getting stressed out yeah just it was it was it. amazing I, I felt like they were trolling us like maybe there were cameras are going to come out of nowhere anyway very that brutal. Was brutal it was brutal and it was like especially tired <laughs> and just like are you kidding me and maggie wouldn't let me uh heckle her at all i did one that time. is not how grown-ups <laughs> act in the world so <laughs> i would like to say though that it is a testament to how easy it is to travel here that after a week of a lot of really hard driving, the most brutal things we can think of is a lifestyle we don't experience at all and two people on our tour who just ask too many questions. <laughs> like think of like what our brutals in the past have been. It's like we got devoured by mosquitoes. We got stuck at 16,000 feet. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, it's been pretty relaxed. Yeah. Uh, bizarre? Uh, my bizarre... Uh, just the police checkpoints here in Namibia are, I put check in like quotes. You they, have to slow down. They yeah, have cones in the road. They have police, but they're typically like 50 feet from the road, just hanging out talking. Yeah. And then every time we've come to one of these, they're just like not even watching to see if you stop. It's a stop sign in the middle of a highway. So you do slow down, but no one really stops. And they kind of just like, I'm used to at least like getting waved through. Yeah. Here well, because that's the way it was in South America yeah. a lot. It was like you'd get to checkpoints and they weren't interested in you, so they just wave you through. Here, there's like not even any checking going on. <laughs> it, they're just police points. It's just a misnomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> police. Sporadic stop signs on the highway. Police existence points. Yeah. That's all that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maggie, your pick for Bazaar? Yeah. Um, okay. So when we crossed the border from South Africa into Namibia... Um, it was like, there was one other group at the border on the South African side. Um, and they realized we were American and they get us through our whole checking checkout process, like super friendly, really nice. And then right as we're getting in the car to leave, one of the guys comes, knocks on my windows. So I open up the door and he leans in and goes, Hey baby, what's up? And I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And then he proceeds to just drop like, Every phrase he's ever heard an American black person say on TV. Yeah. Like the most like stereotypical phrases that I don't even feel comfortable repeating because it's like, oh man, like you've been watching so much American TV. (laughs) And he was like, like, that's how they talk, right? And I was like, or that's how you guys talk or something like that. Yeah, that's how you guys talk. Whoa. 
Um, and I was like, what? Like, and I didn't even have the like wherewithal to be like, kind of like there are some people in the United States who talk like this, but we don't. And honestly, like you can do these voices, but if we do it, it'll be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no, I can't get any of that out. I was just like, what? And he's like, yeah, like I love like, and then he does like the walk that he's seen on TV yeah, and yeah. he like, he'd clearly been waiting and like kind of building up the nerve to like do all of this in front of us <laughs> and see if it passed. It was, if you had grown up watching American TV, like some spot on impressions. It was very precise. Yeah, yeah. Like he'd clearly been watching and taking notes and he's like, I like the way like you pronounce R's and like all the, he was like, he had specific things he really liked. Yeah. But it was so bizarre to be like, listen, I'm not, I don't have the, <laughs> The, I'm not the right person to explain the complexity of blackness in America to like a <laughs> black person in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> but like this is the weirdest <laughs> situation I've ever been in. <laughs> he was very clearly disappointed that we weren't like <sighs> That's participating what breaks my heart him. is because like he was so earnest and nice about so it. He was so excited. He's like this is how <laughs> slang is, right? Yeah. And I was like yeah, but I can't. I think we, <laughs> we made it up to him though because we're like that's really good. Like you have a really strong impression. Like yeah, <laughs> that's a really. But that's good impression. not what he expected. He clearly. Cause I he, think he thought we were going to turn around and be like, "Yeah, man, what's up?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not going to be how this goes down. <laughs> yeah. America's really big. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people here. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, so that was my bizarre. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we just lost twenty listeners. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can. Support our show and our awkward moments by visiting patreon.com slash let's not panic. Mm -hmm. Indeed. All we're trying to do is bring awkward moments. And in fact, mm -hmm. Maggie, um, would you say that we've eaten recently? Oh my God, you're so mean. <laughs> we try. Okay. Okay. No, let me get ahead of this. <laughs> oh, she's getting ahead of <laughs> We tried. It's five o'clock now or it's six o'clock now. We tried to record a podcast right when we first got into this hotel after a whole day of driving and not eating. And I was just getting really fed up about everything. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm we can't, this episode is terrible. What are we going to do? I can't do this anymore. And Adam was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> so instead of, first of all, spoiler alert, because what I think we should do, Maggie, is release this abortive episode oh. as a Patreon special, as an outtake, our first outtake, just to see behind the scenes, because I think it was a pretty I don't, I think exemplary it, show. You're going to have to edit it down a little bit, keep all my hanger in. No, no, no. But like some of our... I think it's going straight to tape. Oh I'm throwing it right out there. Um, so you can find that on our Patreon. If you ever wanted to know how terrible of a person I am actually, <laughs> that'll be the way. Yeah. Just sign up to be one of our, our patrons. Yeah. Um, so that's patreon.com mm -hmm. slash let's not panic. And we mm -hmm. release special stuff and episodes and all sorts of goodies. And really for us, it's also to see if we can keep doing this once we're done with this initial adventure. See if we can maybe swing a season two. Yeah. We're trying to figure out what if that, we can justify what that, that. season is going to be. Yeah. So um, you can give us our feedback on patreon.com slash let's not panic. You can also find us on Instagram to see photos from our trip, like Itosha and me ruining one of Adam's carefully composed photos in Namibia. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that was a very popular photo. I think people want to see you ruining my photos more often. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you can see that at Let's Not Panic on Instagram. Yes, indeed. Also, we like it when you review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. It makes our day. It does. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. This is what it sounds like where we are. It's lions mating. It's lions mating. So that's what it sounds like. This <laughs> is what it sounds like where we are. Mm-hmm.